0: Hey everyone welcome to the happy flosser podcast my name is billy lunt i am your host and i am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program welcome so glad to have you episode is going to be all premolars, right? So tooth morphology, we finished up the anteriors and the canines and we've moved on to the premolars. And the premolars are really important. Why are they important? Well, one of the most significant reasons that you need to have a comprehensive understanding of tooth morphology as it relates to the premolars is because of that important dental charting and instrumentation that you're going to be performing. Uh, Many of those patients that you see in the dental chair have a higher probability of some history of ortho or congenitally missing teeth and these have a higher risk of being congenitally missing or removed for ortho procedures. It's important for you to have accurate dental records and this is when your true test of comprehensive understanding of tooth morphology is going to come into play when you have a patient in the dental chair who's missing one or more of their premolars, and you have to make those decisive decisions on, okay, which one is missing, and you're gonna be using the occlusal table anatomy in order to make that judgment call. So when you're looking at the tooth morphology of the crown, this is gonna really help you make that distinction as to which tooth is missing. When it comes to instrumentation, there's lots of root concavities and root morphology that you'll need to understand in order for you to do proper instrumentation techniques in the clinical setting. So we're gonna be diving into all of those different things when it comes to the premolars. The premolars is where now you have an occlusal table and things will get a lot more comprehensive as far as tooth morphology goes. The maxillary and mandibular premolars are named for their position in the dental arch moving from an anterior to posterior direction as the first and second premolar. And premolars, just like the canines, have an alternative reference name associated with them from historical dental terminology perspectives, right? So we always want to know the history because you never know where the training comes from with different clinicians that you'll be working with. So it's really important to know the different terms associated with these teeth. These premolars can be referred to as the first and second bicuspids and they have an occlusal table. So unlike the canines with a single cusp tip, the majority of the premolars can be identified as having two or more cusps. This uh, bicuspid term, it's an older term used and it has been replaced with the term premolars, which indicates that the molars that come before the molars, so premolars, right? So, and it's more accurate to use the term premolar because bicuspid, as we know, there is a premolar that has more than two cusp tips, so it's not as accurate of a term. Now, the premolars are the succedaneous teeth that replace the first and the second deciduous molars of the deciduous dentition. The first premolar secedes the deciduous first molar, and the second premolar secedes the deciduous second molar. The premolar's primary function is to assist those molars in grinding the food during the mastication and digestion process. Now, remember there's an occlusal surface, so that broad occlusal surface and those prominent cusp tips are the anatomic features that are attributed to that function. The cusp tips of the premolars hold and tear the food. The broad occlusal table will grind the food. And the premolars also help with maintaining vertical dimension of the face. And they provide additional support of those facial muscles, especially in the location of the commissure of the mouth. The premolars serve both aesthetic function because you can see them in the smile and they also serve as part of the anteriors. So you want to think about the fact that when you smile you can see past that canine to those premolars so they are associated with the aesthetic piece. They also serve some level of support in the area of speech but not as significant as the anteriors. The premolars, as with all the posterior teeth, Um, They have marginal ridges, they have triangular ridges, they have developmental grooves and occlusal pits. So things get a lot more interesting once you add an occlusal table to the tooth. The occlusal table creates these landmarks. Uh, The boundaries of the occlusal table uh, are composed of marginal ridges uh, and the inner anatomy of the occlusal table is created by marginal and cusp ridges, which we'll all learn together. When you compare the premolars to the anterior teeth, the premolars have a much shorter crown. Now going back to form and function, the height of contour for the premolars is located in the cervical third on that buccal surface, similar to all of the anterior teeth. Uh, The height of contour on the lingual surface is located in the middle third, which is similar to the posterior teeth. So you can see how the premolars are kind of these in-between teeth there. They have some features of the anterior teeth and they have some features of the molar teeth. It's very cool teeth. The proximal height of contour is viewed from the buckle and it's located just cervical to the junction of the occlusal and the middle third of the tooth. Now looking back at form and function, there is a two cusp type premolar that's made up of four developmental lobes. And there's also a three cusp type premolar that's made up of five developmental lobes. So there'll be three facial lobes and either two or one lingual lobe. The three cusp type premolar is confined to that mandibular second premolar. And the more you learn about this mandibular second premolar, you're gonna realize that this little guy is an outlier among all of the teeth as far as developmental lobes, um, the occlusal table, the eruption date, everything's kind of different for this uh, mandibular second premolar. So it's it's kind of a unique tooth. The shape of the permanent premolars from the buccal and the lingual aspects are pentagonal. And when you're looking at the shape of the permanent premolars in the proximal area, the maxillary premolars are trapezoidal And the mandibular premolars are rhomboidal. Now think those lower mandibular premolars kind of tilt in towards the tongue, so it gives them that rhomboidal shape. These shapes would be noted as uh, arch traits, right? Because they are specific to the arch. And because they are different on the maxilla versus the mandible, they're considered arch traits. The buccal surface of the premolars is rounded and it has a prominent buckle ridge, kind of similar to that canine, but it's not as profound, it's not as pronounced. And as a result of having that prominent buckle ridge, there are developmental depressions on either side of the buckle ridge. The cusps of the premolar occlusal table are named for their location. So an example of this, the two cusp type would have a buckle and a lingual cusp. The three cusp type would have a buccal cusp, a mesial lingual cusp, and a distal lingual cusp. So the cusps are named for their location. There are cusp ridges as a result of having cusp tips, and cusp ridges are named for the tooth surface that they extend towards. It's important to keep in mind uh, that when a tooth has more than one cusp, like the premolars, you need to designate the cusp that you are referring to when you're referencing a cusp ridge. So let me give you an example of that. The mesial cusp ridge of the buccal cusp would be a specific cusp ridge associated with the buccal cusp and extending towards the mesial. Another example would be the buccal cusp ridge of the buccal cusp. This would denote uh, the ridge that starts at the buccal cusp tip and extends towards the buccal aspect of the tooth. Now triangular ridges are described and defined as ridges that descend from the cusp tip towards the occlusal table. Triangular ridges are named for the cusp to which they belong or reside on. The buccal triangular ridge, for example, resides on the buccal cusp. Now remember, Triangular ridges descend from the cusp tip towards the occlusal table. The lingual triangular ridge resides on the lingual cusp and extends towards the occlusal table. And now one important consideration is that the same feature on the occlusal table can be described using two different dental terms and still be correct. This is where things get a little confusing, but think about this. The lingual cusp ridge of the buccal cusp and the buccal triangular ridge are the same features when you're looking at the occlusal table. It's important to consider the possibilities here. We're talking about the same anatomy but it can be referred to by different names. One additional feature that we should be talking about is when there is an occlusal table that has a buccal and a lingual triangular ridge that lines up, we have a name for that called a transverse ridge. Now, a transverse ridge crosses the occlusal table in a buccal lingual direction and is formed when the buccal triangular ridge joins the lingual triangular ridge. You have a transverse ridge. Premolar anatomy and tooth morphology can be quite challenging and feel a little bit of a leap sometimes compared to tooth morphology of the anteriors. And what I want you to do is take a deep breath and believe in yourself so strongly that the world can't help but believe in you too, right? That's a quote that we've all seen and I think it's important for you to hear. Know that you have worked really hard to make it to this point. Keep pushing ahead and finding new ways to stay motivated on task and learning. I have no doubt that this information will be second nature in no time at all for each and every one of you. But dental hygiene school is hard and it's more detailed and complex than you realize. And by the time you get through the program, you're gonna realize that no other group of people, community of people know what you've had to learn to become a skilled clinician. But we as your faculty know So one final feature to note that completes the anatomy of the boundary of the occlusal table are the marginal ridges. The marginal ridges, just like on the anterior teeth, are those raised borders of enamel, creating the mesial and distal margins of the occlusal table. The mesial raised border is called the mesial marginal ridge and the distal raised border is called the distal marginal ridge. So let's kind of put it all together. And I know sometimes it's very hard to visualize depending on the type of learner that you are. So to review the six boundaries that create the occlusal table on the premolar, if we start with the mesial marginal ridge and then work our way, we have a mesial cusp ridge of the buccal cusp. Then we have the distal cusp ridge of the buccal cusp. Then we have the distal marginal ridge then we have the distal cusp bridge of the lingual cusp. Then we have the mesial cusp bridge of the lingual cusp. Those are the six boundaries that create the occlusal table. Now taking a look at the remaining features of the occlusal table, you'll have developmental grooves, which are also known as primary grooves. These grooves mark the junction between the developmental lobes that you learned about in form and function there are also supplemental grooves, and these are known as secondary grooves. They're less distinct than the developmental grooves, and they branch off from the developmental grooves. What I want you to do is think about the developmental grooves as like the highways, and the supplemental grooves as the back roads, right? So you have the primary and secondary grooves. So now let's take a closer look at the developmental grooves. There's a central groove present, which is the most prominent of the developmental grooves. The central groove separates that buccal and lingual lobes, right? So the three buccal lobes and the lingual lobe are separated right down the center by that central groove. And the central groove crosses the occlusal table in a mesial distal direction. So if you can just visualize that. There's a marginal groove which crosses a marginal ridge onto the proximal surface. And there's also a triangular groove which separates a marginal ridge from a triangular ridge. These are all considered developmental grooves and may or may not exist on specific premolars. Let's tackle one additional occlusal table feature that's a class trait of the premolars. We'll talk about some fossa. Now fossa are defined as general depression areas that are located on the occlusal surface of posterior teeth. So premolars are your first posterior teeth that you are learning about the occlusal table, so here you are. Now developmental pits are located in the deepest part of the fossa, and those are a result of the junction of two or more developmental grooves. So remember I said those developmental grooves are like the highways, so that little junction point where the two developmental grooves come together cause a fossa to be present, it's a crossroads, and in the deepest part of that fossa is a developmental pit. Now let's review a little dental terminology to really help this all make sense on the occlusal table of the premolars. Triangular fossa are found where the triangular grooves terminate. A central pit is located in the central fossa. Hopefully that makes sense to you. A mesial pit is located in the mesial triangular fossa and a distal pit is located in the distal triangular fossa. Remember the pits are located in the deepest part of the fossa. And this will all become important for you to know and understand because you're going to be placing sealants in the clinical setting. And so it's really important for you to understand the occlusal anatomy, how all of these grooves work and where those pits are located so that you can properly protect your patients with the preventative sealant that you need. Take the time to review the class traits, the occlusal traits, the developmental grooves, the occlusal table, the location of the fossa and pits before you move ahead to the specific tooth type traits of the premolars in the next episode. Thanks for joining me today. Next time, we'll be getting into the really detailed tooth morphology of the premolars. The clinical significance and considerations of the tooth morphology of those premolars will also be reviewed. I'll also add a fun poem about premolars that you won't want to miss. Thanks for listening. I'll see you then. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.